Thanks for joining us on Cash Guy Hollywood this week with the latest and greatest movie news in Hollywood. It's Coop here with Nick and Ben. What's up, everybody? I really wish you guys could see what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> I really wish that you could see. He grabbed a mug. It, no, 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 no. You have to. It's a Disneyland mug, and there is water in it. There isn't. Coffee. It was the only available mug. But he like picked it up and like before he said it, like he couldn't do it without that in his hand for some reason. As if there's a thousand people watching right now. Right. Yes. But I always this is act, audio only. I know. Yeah. I always act like there's a camera on me at all times. That's okay. That's right, Cooper. Well, (laughs) anyways, how have you been, Cooper? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a nice week. Got out in the sun. Man, we're always going back to the weather right here in the beginning of the podcast. Well, it's been nice It's been amazing. Sorry. It's It's been great. It feels like It's been very hot. It's been very hot. It has been pretty hot. Yeah, crazy. Um... Oh, and that's your weather forecast. And for that's this my weather week. forecast and for the week. But what did I actually do this week? Uh, not much. Honestly. Once upon a time, and once upon well, yeah, we saw once upon a time in Hollywood. That was great. We're gonna get into that yeah, in a we'll few minutes. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, my my movie, my my buddy's movie that I was in, um, Aberdeen, is premiering this week. So I'm very excited for that limited mm-hmm. release in Seattle. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to be there, be there to see it. So all you people in Texas, go fly up to Seattle to see everything. Hey, actually, not in Texas. <laughs> Texas. Actually, funny, San Antonio will be having a, oh. a right. premiere as well. People I was in like, Texas, <laughs> go to San Antonio. You're yes. welcome, Cooper. But right now, yeah, Seattle. There, I don't know how many theaters, but yeah, that'll be coming out. And that's really exciting for everybody, uh, the cast and the crew. Good job, if you're listening. And yeah, congrats. Yeah. Um, other than that, nothing, nothing much, nothing much. But we're uh, in a bit of a transitional week. Uh, new scene work, you know, kind of midterms and everything, and uh, we're moving into new scenes. So I'm reading a play right now. Reading uh, The Odd Couple, Neil Simon. Uh, it's a good play. It's pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So that's what's pretty up. Cool. How about yourself, Nick? Uh, <clears throat> a lot. I feel like. <laughs> Um, I've been pretty busy with, uh, again, working on my script, like I, I keep saying. Um, having good progress with that, finally getting there. Um, I'm excited to finally be done with the first draft. Uh, I kind of brought in a rough draft of a first draft, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, kind of just an idea of where I wanted my story to go. Because um, I had two different ideas where I wanted it to go, but I wasn't sure which one. Uh, I talked about this last week. Um but so I brought it in, you know, I started it, you know, got like probably like halfway through my first act, just like opening, you know, getting the characters and setting the scene, all that stuff. Um, and teacher liked it. Teacher, you know, wants to see where it can go from there. Same, you know, other people are, everyone in my class, same thing. So I'm excited to work on it. I'm excited to shoot it. I actually found a really cool location already. Um, so I'm hoping I can get that. It's kind of expensive, but, uh. I think it might be worth it for this because it'll be good to have like a really cool. It was kind of like um, I don't even know how to describe like a, a gothic style house. So it's like very dark inside, and like there's there's this one uh, to get to the se- the bottom floor or the second floor. There's a very tall like circular like staircase, and it's like in a very I don't even know how to describe it. But like it looks really cool, and I feel like it's gonna be a good. Uh, place for my film so that's exciting there's so many places in los angeles like how do you know which one's the right one 
Well, see, it's funny because even I though have... you, I don't know if you looked at every freaking place in Los Angeles, but you know, like, how do you know? Well, honestly, it all comes down to pricing because <laughs> there's a lot of places in LA. There's a if you go on, you know, there's certain websites uh, that you can go on to that give you, you know, for people that are filming and it's locations that you can rent out for a day. They usually do it by the hour, so a lot of them. Uh, like the ones that I'm looking at, like fifty to a hundred dollars an hour. I know that sounds like a lot, but that's really cheap. There are some that go for upwards of a thousand dollars an hour, which is absurd. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm looking at I'm again looking at a bunch of places. I think I found the one that I want, but at the same time, there was this other place that I found that was really cool. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what story I want, trying to figure out what kind of place it is. Uh, and it makes a big difference too. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. It's funny because one of them is like a bunch of like bright colored lights, and then this one's like super dark. So yeah, like, so it's like what type of story are you going for? Right, you're trying to have that light element in there. But mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm not sure exactly what, but other than that, um, I had a shoot yesterday uh, that I was on for a good good time. It was yeah. so hot. Got- it was good, but it was just so hot in there. We were in a really small one bedroom apartment, and literally in a bedroom, it was like 95 degrees yesterday. And, you know, if you know anything about filming, you know, when you have to shoot, you have to turn everything off. The fans, the AC, like, all of that needs to be turned off. So, you're filming, and it's like, you know, it could be a one-minute clip, but it feels like it's, like, a million degrees. It felt like a sauna in that room. And there was, like, ten people crammed in the corners, like, trying to hide from the camera. Yeah. Uh, I was actually a script supervisor for that. Was that your first time? Yeah. So... Like, I, I, I've known about scripts, like, about that kind of, that job, but I've never, I feel like I didn't know to an extent of the amount of work you have to do for it. Can you it. explain the job a bit? Um, so, basically, you have to, there's a lot you have to do. So, first of all, you have to pay attention to props and location, and, like, you know, you t- say you have one shot, you have one take, I mean, uh, and then he puts down the remote and it's in a different location from where it's supposed to be. That's the script supervisor's job? Yeah. So that's script supervisor along with um, props and the I thought it was just design. like dialogue. It's, no. It's like everybody. It's everything. Continuity. It's every continuity is me. So there was a point in the day where they said, hey Nick, how much was that bed, how much was the bathroom door open in the first master shot? The end of the day, we had started at 9 o'clock in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon they said, hey Nick, do you remember how open the door was? Somehow I remembered the, like, it was, like, a very little amount, but I remembered it because I was in the bathroom. Uh, But, like, very small things like that, I have to know. You have to pay attention to everything. You have to, uh, you know, dialogue. If they stumble over dialogue, you have to write it down. You have to write down, you know, when he turns, like, when he turns his head to look at someone, you have to write down what word or what, you know, where it could be put in the dialogue for that. So that when it comes to editing, they know what's there or like say the slate is um labeled wrong i have to write down the right label or i have to write down no slate like one of the scenes doesn't we forgot to do a slate so i had to write down no slate um so it's, it's all about constantly paying attention constantly watching what's happening around you watching you know literally it, it could be the simplest of things but you have to pay attention because you know with different cuts if something's moved well now i'm in, it's all my fault you know i'm screwed over so and you see a lot of continuity errors in film like right. in you know big block blockbuster movies so like what does that have to say about a script supervisar who makes those it's difficult errors? I, probably it's very difficult probably all goes on them right it, i mean it They're goes on like them sca- yeah a scapegoat like so everybody else doesn't get in trouble mm mm-hmm. mhm but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a very difficult job. It's very hard to pay attention to, you know, the position of someone's hat and also pay attention to, 
you know, thing, the props on the table. You know, like very specific things, and it's hard to, you know, if you know, like for example, in front of us we have a table, and if I was to be paying attention to everything on this I wouldn't table, I would pay attention to everything on this table. I wouldn't either. But if you wanted to pay attention to everything on this table, I would probably miss the fact that your hat was moved a little bit because I'd be so focused on what's in front of me or the bigger thing and then so it's difficult I mean you see it all the time I mean literally in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there's a I mean I think it's purposeful because of the cuts uh, but there's a scene where there's a cut that happens and his hat's gone oh, he has a hat on Timothy Oliphant yeah and then yeah. all of a sudden it's gone and I don't I still have no idea about those cuts we'll I talk just, about that later uh... We'll talk I think about I have, I think I have an answer to that. Okay. Well, again, don't worry about it now. But <laughs> so like things like that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to do, but I think I mean it's cool and it's it's I'm glad that I got the opportunity to do that um just so I know how to do it, you know. So in the future, um also along with that, forgot about it. Um you have to mark the script. So for every scene, you have to mark how long it was. So if they went you have to draw a line down the entire script with an uh, an arrow at the top with the number. So, like, if it's 1A, you write 1A at the top. And an arrow all the way down to where you stopped for every single take. And also, you have to time it. Every single thing you have to time so that you know how long each take was. And it's a lot of work. It's You're, yeah. you're not stopping. Did you notice anything, like, uh, anything that you might have pulled apart from that experience that'll help you as a director? See, I don't want to sound I don't want to sound cocky. This is going to sound very cocky, but it's the only answer I have. I feel like as a director, I also I like to pay attention to that stuff. I'm very good at paying attention to very small details that come like with uh, continuity errors and stuff. So I, I it was easier for me than I than some other people who aren't as good as you know paying attention to very small things. Um, like for example, I bet if someone else was on. You know, if someone else didn't write down how how open that the bathroom door was, they probably wouldn't have remembered. But that was just like very little something that I remembered. Like I honestly forgot half the day, but I remembered that. So yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult job, and I have respect for anyone who does it. Um, but it definitely does help. I would say a little bit with my directing to know, you know, and understand. I think also that the script supervisor give them a little more time. Don't just rush because they need time to do their stuff. You know. Would you suggest to an up and comer, up and coming filmmaker uh, who's maybe doing a short film or some, you know, some of the past short films? We haven't really talked about script supervising before. I don't know if you've had it on every set, but uh, do you think it's a job, a necessary job for every production? See, that's a good question because some people might say yes, but I think if you're organized and you have your assistant director marking down what take is good. And stuff like that, I think you're fine. And I mean, production design is supposed to pay attention to continuity as well. So I think if your production designer is pay atten paying attention to all of that, I don't under I, I think a script supervisor is important for bigger productions. For a, a small short film, like I found myself doing nothing for 99% of the time. Like when I wasn't watching, when I was sitting... I mean, think about it. You're most of the time you're sitting down waiting for them to set up the shoot, and yeah. even during it, it was like she was every time that the director was shooting, she shot the entire scene. So my arrows were all just going to the end of the script, and I feel like you know it, the point of those is so that you understand how long each take is. But if each take is the same length and it's all just the entire thing, then I don't think there's a point in it necessarily. The only thing that I would say it's necessary for is, again, continuity stuff. 
but I don't know. I, I that's a hard one. I think if you can get the person, have one. But I don't think it's necessary. That answers your question. That answered my question. Cool. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's up? <laughs> Just a uh, ton of ideas flowing through my mind. Just like when you don't, when you're not focused on like one project. I love not being focused on one project because I'm so free to do whatever. So it's like I'll start one outline like one hour, and then the next hour be like make have an idea that was based off of my last idea but it's different enough where i can do two different things and it's like okay i'm gonna do an outline for this idea and then like i'll be like sleeping and at like three in the morning i'll be like shit that's good and then i want to work <laughs> on that so that's that's where i'm at it's crazy do you that's find crazy. yourself like in a bit of a writer's block sometimes when you're doing all those different ideas not yeah. right now not i mean there's definitely times like again there's like times where it's like it's hard to come up with something it's just like i don't know what to do and in those cases i just don't do anything if i'm like in that funk i'll just work on something that i've been working on which is why it's it's like i want if if my mind's like being like it's flowing it's like that could be an idea that could be an idea that could be an idea then i just write them all down no matter what time it is even if i have to wake up but like if i'm like falling asleep i'm just because that's when it's like I, i don't know if you guys are the same you guys Right yeah. a little bit too. Like, have you ever been like falling asleep, and it's just like the strangest time. It's just like that's a story right there. Mm-hmm. I got it, and then you don't want to forget, so you have to write it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it usually works with me when I'm like, like there'll be times where like it's in the I'm, worst possible moment, but you're just like, that's great. I gotta right. remember that. No, like, yeah. Like there was one time where I was like, I wanted to work on my script, but I had no ideas and I couldn't think of anything, and I was like, I'm just gonna go to bed. I'll wake up in the morning refreshed and i'll have something i got in bed five minutes later it's, i was like there. there it it's is there as soon as you're falling asleep it's there yeah <laughs> so when i'm in when i'm in that state of mind where i can come up with multiple things at once within in a very short period of time i'll write it down so i remember it push it off to the side keep coming up with ideas so then when i stop coming up with ideas then it's like all right i can expand on those ones i already came up with and That's i don't have to worry about it I wish I could do that. I wish like I, had I could. Time. I could get writer's block right now, and it's like cool. I got ten things to work on. Yeah, yeah. Until the next cycle of mm-hmm. however the mind works, <laughs> however yeah. the mind works comes, comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys want to get into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Of course. <laughs> yes, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, let's see. It broke the uh, opening weekend record you can start with that 40 million dollars for Tarantino mm-hmm. which beat, is pretty low but it's pretty like, it's pretty, that's high. pretty high for him I look right, at I mean, you think others. about it you know it's a very specific kind oh, of yeah. movie the yeah. audience right the yeah. audience is like, very specific no Inglourious Bastards is a 38 years. right 38 mm-hmm. for Inglourious Bastards yeah uh, we saw it me and Ben actually we've seen it two times so far so we saw it Thursday night um, that time whatever Saturday morning right and then we went and saw the yeah. Cinerama Dome. <laughs> Cinerama Dome, 70 millimeter, 70 millimeter at uh, 3 a.m. Saturday, right. so a couple days ago. And wow, I love this movie. So good. I, I think, you know, the first time I watched it, I, I was done and I was kind of, I had to, I, I think almost everyone was like, had to give it a moment, you know, had to give it a moment and think about the movie. And it was like, when Cooper came home, I was like, what'd you think? And you were like, and, you know, I liked it, and I was like, I'm like, yeah. give it an hour. I'm like, give it a couple hours. I promise you, the more you sit and yeah. think about this <laughs> exactly movie, the better said. it gets. <laughs> yeah. Because it's what happened. It happened. The same thing happened to me. The more that we talked about it, me and the couple people who saw it, including Ben, 
afterwards and talking more and more about the, the story the story air quotes story and the characters i was like this movie is really good we we saw it like we got out it's like what do you think it's just like i think i need to like stare at like a blank wall for a good five hours and contemplate what i just watched right and then like the next morning we all woke up and we're all geeking out over it like Oh my god, that was mm-hmm. great. Let's go again. <laughs> and by the way, uh, for right now, we'll, there be there will be no spoilers. So, uh, but down we'll, the line, like later in the podcast, we'll right. So before yeah, we do spoil anything states. later on, we'll make sure we tell you. And but we're good. Don't don't be scared right now. We're not going to spoil anything. This is not a spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. Um, what what do you think of it, Cooper? Uh, yeah, like you said, I I came home and you're like, well, you know, what do you think? And I was I, I got out of the movie and I was like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I liked it, I knew I liked it, um, and I, but I, I didn't want to just say I liked it because it's Tarantino. That's that's not right. But I was like, this definitely is my favorite Tarantino movie. Um, it was it was down on the lower scale, but then I yeah, you were like think about it, and then I left for like two hours, and I came back in. And I was like, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I was like listening to the soundtrack all day. I was just thinking about it, and then I got I got to see it a second time as well, and I liked it. It's so ten weird. times more. Oh yeah. The I, second I, time is just a thing. I did. I don't know if it was, second time felt really fast. I don't know. Second time felt was. faster. It, um, I think it's because you know what part of the movie. The first time you watch it, you really don't know what part of the movie you're in until the end. Then you're just like, yeah. "All right, this is the end." Right. But like before that, yeah. you're just like, "I don't know if we're towards the beginning or uh-huh. towards the end or if we're in the middle." It just felt like a very fast two and a half, almost three hours. I love the uh, the atmosphere of you know the the world they're in i think the I think, world was great i think you like great it just a little bit, bit better when you're living here in hollywood because right. you know where these places are you know what's going on we went to casa vega the other night yeah, where they yes, shot did. Yeah, the scene in the film and other than waiting for the check for 30 minutes that was a that was, it was a fun, fun. Experience. and it was funny because you could listen to everybody and, and everybody's everybody there talking, talking like man i really like brad pitt in this movie you know Literally um, everyone, I think like every other person either had the the very like famous yellow written and directed by Quentin Tarantino shirt. It was either that shirt or they had like some sort of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the thing about this movie is, is the way, reason why everyone's so confused when they get out of the theater is it's not what you're expecting story-wise. And this is no spoiler, right. so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's very casual, mm-hmm. I would say. It's just a very casual movie. Up until the end. Oh, yeah. So, you're, you're sitting there, and there's not a lot going on. So, you're just like, hey, there's not a lot going on. You're just kind of watching the day in the life of these characters. Right. But the acting oh my was gosh. so good. So good. The directing, obviously, so good. <laughs> of course. The yeah. world, the 60s mm-hmm. in Hollywood, 70s. so cool. Yeah. Where it's like, even if there's not a lot going on, it's like, I don't want to miss a second of this. Yes. Right. I, I I mean, see, it's funny because I was saying this, I've said this a couple times now, you know, most movies, you, when you leave the theater and you don't know what to think, that's usually a bad thing. And I feel like with this movie, it was, you know, the movie ended and it was like, I need to think about it, not because it was bad, but because I just like... I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe the feeling that I had when it was... There's it a lot ended. to think about. I mean, there's... I walk into it trying to get, like, alert. It's kind of like... A class for me I think I walked in and I was like what can I learn from this film like right. I was I think I paid attention to the dialogue the first time and mm-hmm. then the second time I was really focused on the mise-en-scene and yep. like everything in the picture and it was just I like there's so many things going on it's great and uh, yeah I, I, I do want to say because I actually it's funny um, 
I had talked to someone because my friend was like, hey, I want to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, is it good? And I was like, yes, it's very good. But I'm like, if you... And this is not a spoiler because if you've seen the trailer or know anything about the movie, it's just the plot. Um, I was like, if you don't know about the, the uh, anything about Charles Manson yeah. or the Manson murders, you need to look up and figure that stuff out before you go. Yeah. That is a very key part of this movie. And if you don't know... If you don't see it, you're going to think it's boring. Right. If you're you not going to understand what's going on. If you don't know anything about that, you're going to be like, I have no idea why we're here and I don't know what's going on with these characters. So... If you're going to see it, if you're thinking about seeing it, just quickly take like 20 minutes so, and just read about and, Charles and, uh, Manson. And if you're listening right now, just, we, can, we can explain a little bit about it, if you don't know, because we, we learned about it pretty recently yeah. in film school, which is also a cool thing for us, mm-hmm. that we just learned about all this and the history of film, and then we're watching all this, which is super cool. Yeah. So, the the Manson murders, so there was this group of, what, hippies, do we call them? You can, yep. you can call them hippies, yeah. yeah. Hippies. Brad Pitt would say those fucking hippies. Yeah. He would. <laughs> so, I, I forget what their motive was. What what, what was their motive? Um, they, they they're kind of just doing their own thing. They live at the George Spawn's movie ranch, mm-hmm. and they I think George Spawn he's a blind man, you know, real life yep. real life person. Some of these some of these yeah um, these these are some real of these girls characters. are fictitious. A, a, aside from uh, Leo and, and and Brad Pitt, everybody Everybody's here is basically pr- real. Is, yes, yeah. The hippies, they're real. Like techs, all of them, mm-hmm. they they're real people. So a group of them one night went to the Polanski house, ordered where, by Charles Manson. Yeah, Correct. where. Uh, Sharon Tate, Tate yeah, and Sharon Tate her, was her friends were. Polanski was Aubrey out Aubrey. out filming in a different country. I forget where it was. Yeah, and Poland or something. They so the they were told to murder them in the most like brutal way possible. Yeah, yeah. At the time, Sharon Tate, she was nine months pregnant, two weeks away about. Was it nine months? I thought yeah, it was, was eight and a half months. She was two, but yeah. two weeks away from having the kid. Basically. Okay, yeah. Like she could have had the kid that night. We mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, and they murdered. Everybody in the house and wrote, wrote on the wall with her blood. Mm-hmm. So Sharon Tate, she's played by Margot Robbie, yeah. if you didn't know that. So again, look up on the history a little bit. It's very fucked, but it's a part of history. And right. this movie revolves around that. Yeah, that's like a backdrop for it. It's, uh, it's uh, I think that's what intrigued everybody. Because, I mean, you got the whole, for, for actors and filmmakers, like you got that whole... You know, uh, environment, but then you've got this twist. I mean, you're watching. Right, so the, wait, before you kind of, if you don't know, it's half talking about filmmakers in the late '60s, early '70s. Not really in the movie, but late '60s. Um, kind of following a stuntman and, and his, well, and, the, an actor, or, an actor and his stuntman, um, and just in the time of Hollywood, where though it's changing because we're, we're getting. Right. Into the new Hollywood era mm-hmm. is is uh, in 1969. Correct, because they're moving into that new era. So the and whole bounty it. law, which is where Rick Dalton, he's a he's the actor on that show. That that kind of time is waving away from the spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Or, well, he he gets into that actually in the 60s in it, Italy, but uh, yeah, it's moving into this new era, and he's not really the leading man anymore. So yeah, that's that's kind of his story. He's trying to. You know, be the actor again, and then he's got his stuntman who drives him around and everything. And uh, yeah, so on. So again, so that on top of Charles Manson and all that is basically what the story is. Not gonna say anything else, right? Yeah, now. I think uh, the question that, that left when I left the first time, it's like, what is this movie about? You know, what yeah. is it about? It's not really. 
It's there's no narrative. There's not really a narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that's it's nothing. Yeah, nothing's really it's, driving the story except for history. It's a moment. The to history. Moment. The history is driving the story. Yeah, I'd say if you, if you want to like like to like this movie better, I, I think why I like this a lot better is because I know a lot of the people's Damian Lewis plays Steve McQueen, one of my favorite you know actors in The Great Escape. You know, they had some scenes through that in in a way, and uh, uh, you know the whole Sharon Tate and everything. So it's cool to see all these little people in Roman Polanski as well. In this movie, um, in the '60s, and uh, it, but it's like, what is it? What what is it about? I, I guess through the actor, it's kind of like, you know, it's about him trying to be a leading man, and how does this whole story play in to that? I, he's next door neighbors with Sharon Tate. I guess that's how we explain that. But uh, yeah, it's like kind of a moment to moment movie, and there's there's a lot of good little things in there, and they no. don't miss a moment. Mm-mm. That's what I liked. I was I was afraid going into the movie because I, uh, I the last couple movies I've seen I. I personally didn't enjoy, so I was like afraid. I, I saw it, you know, it had like a ninety or something on Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, "Well, the last two movies I've seen are like ninety five on like Rotten Tomatoes or something." It was just I think it's like an eighty five right now, but yeah, that so, doesn't matter. Uh, what was cool was again, there was no one driving the, the story. Like Leo wasn't really driving the story. Like you follow his character, and it's like cool, but like it's not like you're not following him to get to the next place, right. which is why. Personally, I think Brad Pitt yeah. is the protagonist. Yes, yes. Because, like, again, it wasn't until later on, right. but he ended up driving, driving everything. Driving yeah, he's everything. the one who pulls everybody together in the whole mm-hmm. story, in some way. So but it's interesting. To see. And even in the end, like he was the one, he got the most screen time in Act Three. Right. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Leo, Leo was kind of uh, passive, and yeah. your main character can't be passive. You have to be an active character, and. He wasn't, and Leo wasn't as active as Brad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in the acting, and not world, just not, in the not acting just like not just like in the like his character is more active, not just like right physically, but like you know, mm-hmm. like he yeah. There's a, I, I'd say some of the negatives I think that I pulled out of this movie was there was a bit of lack of tension. That's that's what I thought uh, a little in, bit until the end. Yeah, until the end. Like there are two scenes. One at the end, and there's one in like yep. end of Act Two. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, that you're kind of your heart's two. like pounding the entire time. You're like, shit, right. what is gonna happen? Like, what is going to happen? And that th- those are like probably my favorite scenes. But like other than that, it's a real, it's a smooth movie. You know, you're driving around Los Angeles the entire time, and it, it, it's still really cool and everything. But you know, it's just it's kind of like, okay, cool. You know, when like you've got stakes in in like. Uh, like Inglorious Bastards, where you know we got to kill Hitler tonight, or Django and Shane, we got to get the wife out of here, or right. you know, there's there's a lot of high stakes. This wasn't a really high stakes movie until the end, although nobody really knew what the stakes were the entire time, even right. the characters themselves. So you yeah. just knew something was going to happen because of the history of Hollywood. Right now, my thing is, you know, I have I have so many people who have messaged me and been like, "Hey, just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Uh, you know, I I really didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it. What did you think? And I, you know, I, I a lot of people are hating on the fact that the the um, the story lacks. You know, the there isn't. It's not a fundamental right. story. But that's the There's, thing, and that's what it kind of irritates like, me. Like as a screenwriter, this doesn't follow like a script template that you typically follow. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. Like no, you have but, to know the rules to break the rules, and he broke the rules. But it was still good in its own right. 
No, but that's what I'm saying is I feel like it irritates me because, like, I don't know how to explain to someone and make them be like, no, they're, like, the story is there. You just need to look past the fact that there's not a structured story like you're used it's to. It's not a structure. There's no right. stru- There's not a structure. And that's the thing it. is I feel like a lot of people don't like it because they're used to seeing this very structured story. They're used to, uh, you know, a very simple act one, two, and three. Yeah. Where in this movie, it was very... I think one and two, the first two acts are, you know, kind of put basically, together. Basically, yeah. it's like all one act. It would all yeah. be act one and then you go to act three. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. And so I think... I, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, I messaged my friend back, and I was like, I'll have to talk to you tomorrow. I'm like, I can't figure out how to word this properly. Yeah. Because I'm like, I really, it irritates me when I have someone who is like, this movie isn't good at all. Like, definitely one of his worst movies. And I'm like, no. I'm no, like, say I, worst. I hate when people say no, worst. No, exactly. And that if makes you're going to say worst, say weakest. Right. You know? Right. But what I'm, that irritates me because I'm like, you I probably you need seen to. Jackie Brown. I'll just say that. <laughs> you need to look further into the movie and not just about what the movie is. You don't, you can't look at it as, okay, structure is horrible. There's no story. It's a bad movie. And that's kind of what a lot of people have been saying online. A lot of people in general are saying that. And I think you need to look, you really need to, I think of it in, this isn't a spoiler, but I mean, it's a fantasy movie at the end of the day. If you really think about it, it's not. It is, a, yes, it's a fantasy yes, it's story. It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. But, you know, you need, you need to just. I don't know how to word it. It just it irritates me, and I feel like no matter what, do not see the. If you see this movie, don't even think about your opinions on it right away. Like we've been saying, give it a couple hours. Think about it. Really think about it before you, have, before you make yourself. Like, before you give Straight yourself. Straight up, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's pretty good. I, yeah. I think it's really. I good. think I, I'd agree with you on that. There, uh, I think a, I think a majority of people who love Tarantino, their favorite Tarantino film, and I think in general a lot of people's favorite films is Pulp Fiction, right? Or Inglorious Bastards. Or Inglor- mine's Inglorious Bastards, yeah. Right. But we'll, we'll go back to Pulp Fiction because I think of this movie you can compare uh, to any of his other movies is Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown because they take place in kind of the same area and kind of follows the same what the hell is going on right now. Right. Now, Pulp Fiction is one of everybody's favorite films. Uh, I know a lot of people who like it. Mm-hmm. What is that movie about? I, the second time I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I said, what, you know, like, what if he did, what if he did the structure that he did with, with uh, Pulp Fiction? This, this is like a completely different Tarantino movie, by the way. Like, every other movie is, comp- like, you know, he's got his opening, mm-hmm. you yep. know, sequence. They didn't really do that in this film. They didn't right. do it in Django either, but... This one completely different. It just it's straight. They a little they, bit in Django. There was a little bit. Yeah, a little bit in Django. If they did what they if if they just put Pulp Fiction in chronological order, that movie would be. It's just nothing. Yeah, no, it, yeah. I mean, and it is nothing, but it's great. It's just mm-hmm. interesting to watch these. people. I noticed that. You know, it's a moment to moment movie again. I, I just recently watched Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I, I actually I noticed that. I mean, like the way it's structured is what's so unique about the movie. I feel like if it was a very boom, 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 I don't know if I'd like it as much as some other movies that he's released. Yeah. And, you know, to see, again, it, everyone's seen the movie. The first, you know, the diner scene. You see the beginning, and then it's like the end, it pulls through, and it's all connected. That's what's cool. If they just did the whole diner scene at the beginning, I don't care. Because then I'm like, who the fuck are these people in the booths? I don't know who you are. Or not the booth, in the chairs with the, the two main yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I really love this uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really do. I think it's really good. I think that... I think it deserves more credit than what it's getting right now. 
Um, I know it's getting good reviews, but at the same time, there's so many bad reviews, Again, and I don't like, know why. I feel like if you're not into film, if you're just not into it, you're not into the process of it, and you don't know anything about the mm-hmm. Mansons, you're going to go in and be like, what the fuck? I can easily see yeah. how somebody who just wants to go see a movie and it's just like, ooh, this movie's supposed to be a big deal. It's a Tarantino movie. It's a Tarantino you know? movie. It's supposed to be a big deal. You walk in there, and you're just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Right. But I mean, I feel like... in. But again, like it's hard we, to like we know about the history. Right. More so than most because we've been studying it all. So yeah, it's really exactly. cool to like be able to study it and then all of a sudden see it. Like see Hollywood in the sixties. See like these like old time actors. Like you see the production, you see them filming in right. the movie. And you get to see them filming at, you know, Universal Backlot and yeah, we were there. We were literally there. We were literally in on the lot that they filmed. Yeah, on. like the western lot. Like we, I've shot there. Like you know, like like it's yeah. It's cool. I've I've shot even I've shot there. Like <laughs> it's it's great. And you're like, oh, you know, I did that right there. <laughs> right, I was in the you same know? spot that they were. So like, it's like yeah. I had to do a scene in that exact spot that you were standing in. And I think it it irritates me. I don't know why, but like. Because it's such a good movie, but knowing that there are a lot of people out there who just like, you know, a Tarantino movie, whether it be Kill Bill, or, you know, simple movie like Kill Bill. I say simple movie because I feel like it's one of those movies where you can sit down and you don't really have to pay attention to it and you can just watch it and it's fun. You know? This one you kind of have to, but at the same time you really want to as well. But the thing is, again, you need to know things. You need to understand the like like we've been saying you need to understand the Manson family you need to understand Hollywood and like not really but like you need to you need to somewhat it's understand it's good to have it's easier if you know like about Hollywood right yeah um who's your favorite character my favorite character i mean it's hard it's hard to say that because it's really just it right. it really is it's just not, leonardo DiCaprio. Brad, Pitt, Brad, Brad Pitt Brad Pitt is my favorite and i'd say yeah. the, i'd say the minor yeah he's probably my favorite i'm saying I'm everybody saying, else I'm, I'm calling him now Oh yeah, I think he's the protagonist. I don't know how people are going to see it, but he he could win best supporting actor. Oh yeah, uh, Leo. If that's the case, Leo will be nominated. I, yeah. for best actor or vice versa. I agree. I think they're going to both get. Um, Leo does a great job. It, the best actor is going to be intense this year. Yeah, we got, yeah. got. We're talking about. We got Walking Phoenix as the Joker. If he does a good job, he is gonna. And I then you have Tom have... Hanks as Mister Rogers. I'm I'm saying that right now. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw yeah. the trailer. Yeah. He looks it looks mm-hmm. like he did a phenomenal job with that role. The trailer made me cry. But <laughs> people are thinking Taron Egerton. He he's, he's gonna Rocket he's gonna Man. be nominated too. So that's three right there, right off the bat. Yeah, and then you got either Christian Bale or Matt Damon. Maybe from Ford v Ferrari, you got. You said Taron Egerton. Yeah, Taron Egerton. You, they just released photos today from Martin Scorsese's new film. So you've got oh, Robert gosh. De Niro, Al Pacino, or oh. you know Joe Pesci. You know that is so, some or Harvey Keitel, who's all be, been it's, in. It's, uh, it's a, those are all. It's a stacked year. It's a stacked year, but Leo and Brad, they're going to be great. Right I, I think they deserve it. Like at the end of the day, like I mean, I need to see other movies, and I have to wait. And I guess we'll wait and see. But, I mean, Brad Pitt, like, holy crap. I haven't seen... Like, I love Brad Pitt, but I feel like this is... Personally, I think one of his best work that I've seen. Yeah. I'm and really I, he's done great in other movies. Yeah. So I'm really excited for his about. other one that's coming out, I think, in a couple months. Ad Astra, the space movie. I don't know how I feel about that movie. I also don't know how I feel. Could be good, though. Yeah. Uh, it, it, reminds we'll me of, it reminds me of First Man, and I don't really care for First Man. I didn't... Yeah. I, I saw the last 20 care. minutes of First Man in the drive-in theater, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and it made no sense. I saw, yeah. I saw a space... Uh, I saw a rocket ship go off, and that was about it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed... 
uh, Margot Qua- Margaret Qualley as well. She played Pussycat. Yeah. One of the Manson girls. And then um, Timothy Oliphant, who did James Stacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody in this cast was really Everyone good. did great. Yeah. Like, Everyone if did you, great. like, even if you had one minute, like, everybody has a good moment. And I also think it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, Carly was actually talking about this, one of our friends. Um, she was saying how, I, I honestly didn't even notice it at first. I don't think I was paying attention, honestly. Um, but the real Sharon Tate's in the movie. When they yes, show, yes, yes, when they're is. at the movie theater and you're seeing it, it it's That's real the footage. movie. It's not That's her. Which, I mean, it's kind of obvious. If you look, like, it's clearly not Margot Robbie. Like, looks nothing like her. But it's funny now because Tarantino literally has her in his credits. And he can forever say that she's in his movie. Yeah. If you look at the IMDb, Sharon Tate's like the third bill or something. Yeah, she is. So like, that's her. really cool. Like, that's, that's awesome. cool to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought I'd say that if no one noticed it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what would you give it out of ten? Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid uh, nine out of ten. Ben. Nine point five. I'm gonna go nine point three. I'm in the middle. I don't it was know. like it was li- nine point three. What's the point three? Uh, it's, I don't want to give it a point five, and I don't want to give it a point oh. Yeah. So I'm I started the first I time I saw two it, perfect tens. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What were you saying? Sorry. I was. I, I started with an eight the first time I saw it. And yeah. I saw it again. I was like, nope, it's way better than that. It's a nine. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about any spoilers, but well, I don't. Let's get I into think the spoilers now. No, I, I don't. If, if you want, what, I don't know what we should. I feel like we should wait. Let's I think. Let's wait. No, wait. no, no, no. You let's wait till next week. I think we give it a week for some people to see it, especially you know. If what we said makes you want to go see the movie, see the movie. Come back next week. We'll open the podcast next week, and we'll talk about spoilers right. for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. How about this? Where does this fall for you in all the Tarantino films, the nine? Um, that's really hard. I, I think probably top... I'm going to say top four, because I don't want to say top three, because I don't really know. But top four, top five for sure. Nice. And it's, it's my fiver spot. Yeah. yeah. Four or five is probably where I'd put it. Ben? Probably top three. Top three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I love Inglourious Bastards. I, I really don't yeah. think anybody... I'm like, Inglourious really Bastards, I love Kill Bill. Kill Bill 1. 2 is good, but like... I two just feel like as I, if I see it again, I'm going to love it even more and more and more and more. Like, every time I watch it, like, it's going to be cooler. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really hyped for whatever his 10th movie will be. All I'm saying is I need a poster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. I need a poster totally. so bad. Yeah, yeah. How was the experience at the 70mm? Cinerammedome, where they filmed the movie. It was right. So yeah. Cool. Um, like, it was awesome. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to sit in the actual dome. So, like, if you don't know, there's... when you If you pull up in front, you can see the actual dome. And then behind that is other theaters. So we got to actually go into the dome, see it in theater. Um, and that was... Wow. The sound is so cool because it bounces yeah. off the dome. So yeah. it sounds really... It sounds different. It sounds crisper. Uh, the quality... I, it's, it's hard to notice if you don't really know. But uh, it definitely looks much cleaner. Yeah. Uh, it looks more realistic on the on film. Um, I do wish we sat a little closer, just because we were a little behind the dome. We were like right in like the back, like four rows, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, if we were in a little further, we probably would have got better audio from it hitting the dome, and it would directly come down on us instead of it. I don't know. I don't understand that science. But oh, I uh, thought I was going to see it. No, you, you, were, you were on the you were on the right track. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further. I couldn't tell you. It's like you good. That's you, all you I did, know. You did right. Go check <laughs> it out. Sound really, bounces. Really good. That's all. I know. Sound bounces. Which, sound you know, bounces. I wish I would have gone to the new Bev because guess who was there? Guillermo del Toro. Was he really? Yeah. Like, when this last weekend? Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Saw he was like, yeah, I saw it at the new Bev. I was like, damn it. That's funny. New Beverly Theater. If no one understands, it's Quentin Tarantino slang theater slang term. 
Yeah. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's sold out until the end of this month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I bet there's probably a couple tickets, but it's... I also heard it's not really the best theater, though. Like, it's kind of crappy. I think it's just 35 millimeter. No, I meant, like, the theater, not the the film. I've seen it. It, I've never been in it, but... Right. I've heard the inside's, like, not, like, the nicest. I might go soon. I'd like to. I want to check it out. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah. At some point. Um, Not this month, clearly, because it's sold out, but sometime would be nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, do you want to hop into some? I don't know if you have any. I got a couple things, only a couple. Okay, really only a couple. Uh, the new Zombieland trailer came out. Did you guys see it? I did. What do you think? I'm scared. Yeah. One, two, excited. Three, what the hell's going on? Then you take a look at it. <laughs> no. So Watch it after. I'm really excited just because I love Zombieland, but I don't know what they're going to do with it. Like I watched the trailer like two times. I watched it first, and then I went. I think I missed the whole trailer. So then I rewatched it and I was like, yeah. nope, there's just no story. Like, I don't know what's going to... I literally have no idea. It's taking place at the White House. Yeah, like DC. Or, you know, DC. And they've got all these new characters. There's only two. No, no, no. There's, oh, right. Got a, there's the people that are exactly the of, same copy. Like, they're like the same they've got, person. They've got like... Everybody in the movie is like complete copy of everybody else. Yeah, so the trailer ends and then... Um, Tallahassee, Tallahassee's copy comes out, and he's like, what? And then the other dude comes out, and they're like, are we seeing double? And I'm like, what is the hell? What is this movie? I don't know. Like, I've been waiting 10 years, and I hope I'm not. I remember the first time I saw the first one, it was, I didn't know what to expect, and I really fucking liked it. And now it's like, I don't know. It's been 10 years. I'm excited to see what 10 years does. I mean, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, and With you know, we're ten years in that in that right now. But it's like, what is ten years in this? I'm also curious. With these zombies, you know. I'm curious to see the time frame, like how many years ahead, because it has to be. Because she, the little girl from the one from first one, looks so much older. So I assume it's gonna be a time jump of a couple of years, probably like five or six. Yeah, they could do that. But I'm, I, I have faith. I feel like they know what they're doing. If they're gonna, if anything, they just gotta follow the not the rules, like literally the rules of the movie, not like rules, like. You know how there's the rules in the movie, like rule number one, like yeah, yeah, yeah. If they it stay, looks like they're gonna have more. I feel right, like I, have I more, want more. Which I'm down for more. Right, I would love to see and more they, and learn more. Them, so, and I also they what they need to do is you know the whole. I think the reason why Zombieland's so good is all of that theme park stuff that happens at the end. Like that is so yes. cool. But if they don't have something that's like to that scale at the end. I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of kind of fall off. Yeah. So I, I, I need to... And I mean, also, the whole Twinkie situation, they solved it. So what is his character going to be? What is it all about now? What I don't is he know. trying to find? Um, Ru- uh, what's his name? Ruben Fle- F- Fle- Fleshier? I don't Fletcher? Know. Fletcher. Is it Fletcher? I thought it was Fle- Fletcher. I don't know. Fletcher? But he, his know. last movie he directed was Venom, so I'm a little nervous. That's why I'm a bit more nervous, because he, he did Maybe Venom. he learned, though. Maybe he learned from Venom. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe not. Probably not. Let's be honest. Um, probably not. Speaking of, uh, well, first off, you said little girl, and it just popped my mind. The little girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she was great. I oh, my God. Really, I thought she so was really... Dude, she, she was, was really so good. good. I just so yeah, to anyways. So good. Anyways, uh, okay. speaking of Venom, um, moving on, the, uh, they have a director shortlist right now for Venom 2, and it's, yeah. uh, it's Rupert Wyatt, who directed Brides of the Planet of the Apes, Andy Serkis. And what? Andy Serkis. Okay. Um, from... Rise of the Planet, you know, act, motion yep. capture actor, everything. And then, uh, shoot, I forgot who the last one was. Well, that blows, because he was really cool, I remember. But those two are on the short list right now, so I don't know what you guys think about For that. Venom 2? For Venom 2. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I really... No, it, it would be very hard to do a worse job. I, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know... 
what they're going to do with the story. I mean, I didn't really watch the first one, so I don't really know how it ends. You incorporate Spider-Man in there, you got a good movie. <laughs> I remember right? that's literally like, what... <laughs> it was funny. Uh, <laughs> I clicked on Venom 2 on Twitter, and literally the first thing was like, if Spider-Man Spider is not in this movie, like I'm pissed off. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think know. the director Just, matters. I think it's the... Writer and they're bringing back the first writer. Then it's gotta be yeah, awful. Yeah, it's over so. though. Because there was no fucking. Mm. Yeah, that movie irritates me. We already, already, we already, it was already gone through. Terribly, it, but you know how I feel terrible. about it. Yeah. And the last thing I got on here for today is um, George Miller uh, revealed that he does have two sequels to Mad Max coming. Um, Fury Road, cool. One, both will feature Mad Max. Is it going to be Furious? I'm not even gonna. Nope, no, it's. Gonna it's no, I, I, I was gonna say then, Furious Highway, but no, it'll be. Uh, and then one's gonna include Furiosa, Charlie's Theron. Oh no, I was making a joke. With yeah, the but I I remember they had a working title for the second one back in the day called Mad Max Furiosa. Oh, I was just saying, Furiosa. I was saying Furious Highway. Oh, Furious but I was Highway. Making a joke. It, looked, yeah. it sounds horrible. And then I, uh, I I think the the one that they're working on right now is the Wasteland. I so, like that. That sounds cool. Yeah. See, like Mad Max. I watched Mad Max. That I watched like three times in the opening weekend, and it made me hate the movie. So I hope that I can watch the second this next one and not hate myself. So we'll yeah. see. I don't know what it was. I just watched it so much that like I think what it was is that movie was really long and I put myself through it three times and by the third time, the, like the first thirty minutes in I wanted to leave, but I like wouldn't because I was with other people and so I just hated every moment of that movie by the third time. Yeah. Like it's a great movie. Like don't get me wrong, but like don't watch that movie three times in like the span of like forty eight hours. Not a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. But yeah. What do you guys think about about what? Chance the Rapper's new album. I really like it. I think um it's funny because the day it came out um a lot of people hated it. A lot of people I think the like number 3 trending thing was Acid Rap, which is one of his um, old mixtapes. And people were like nothing's going to ever beat Acid Rap. Like this is trash compared to it. And I think what people, what irritates me is that people don't realize that this is not like acid rap. It's not about just him rapping to have fun. It's about the fact that he just got married. He just got married and like, he feels good. You know, he finally found his person as he wants to. Is that why it's called The Big Day? Yes, it's called The Big Day because it came out the same, or I believe it, yeah, it came out the same day. It came out a year later from when he proposed to his wife. And if you he posted a video and that disc that you, that they took a picture of, yeah, they took that picture oh. last year on that day. That's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. it's really cool. So awesome. if you listen to the song called "The Big Day," it literally is him talking about his wife. People just have a problem with people being happy, right? It, it's a great, <laughs> like, it's a great album. Like, that's people's number one problem is when somebody else is happy, right? And the whole album is just about him and the emotions he's going through right now and how he feels and like. I don't know. I think it's great, and he has. There's some really good like, like good lines and like, that. He, he, he's, yeah, he's making good music. He has a nice, nice life. Like right. good for him. Like I, I've, sorry really that he's not like miserable. Right. <laughs> like, sorry that he's not the depressed drug acid rap that you guys all want. Like that's what <laughs> everyone, there's, everyone is like. If you only like acid rap, Chance the Rapper, you're just like an emo kid like addicted to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I don't know. I think it's really good. Um, the more I listen to it, the more I like it. I do find myself skipping a lot of, like, not a lot of songs, but I find myself listening to very specific songs. But I think it's just because, I don't know, I, I like, it's really good, but I don't know. I honestly don't know why I do it. I couldn't tell you. I've just been doing it a lot recently. Yeah. Because there's, like, a lot of really good songs. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I really like the uh, Do You Remember an Eternal song. Mm -hmm. Those, Those are two. good. 
And I like the collaboration he does. I I was like, when we f- you first were playing it, I was like, is that Death Cab for Cutie? Mm. It was. There are some weird collaborations. Yeah. He also has um, Lil, no, Lil something. Is it Lil, Lil something? John? <laughs> no. Lil Pump? No, 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 no. Lil no. Wayne. On, um, crap, what, I forget. Uh, on, Lil uh, Coop? Oh gosh, you're making it so There's worse now. There's so many Lils. On, Lil. on, <laughs> somebody needs to be like big. The song Hot Shower. He has Lil Baby, big, maybe? Big, big yeah. I love Big Sean. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Big Sean, released two singles. He's releasing an album soon. I'm very excited because this is supposed to be um, uh, a part two to the last album he released. Yeah, and he sounds good. He sounds like he's still rapping, and he's not just he. he there's a line in there that says like he was like not okay or something, but like now he's good. And I'm like Big Sean. Like what happened? <laughs> like I don't know what you, happened Big to you. But yeah, there hasn't been that much music other than that. Uh, there was a um, a Rich Brian album that came out. Uh, if you don't know who Rich Brian is, he does music with like Joji and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, he's a hip hop kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to the whole album. I've only listened to a couple songs. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I prefer old Rich Brian. I don't know if you guys even know who that is, but I prefer his older stuff. Um, but I need to listen to it more. Uh, but yeah, no, there isn't really that much. That chance is really the whole. I don't really well, care go listen to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack. Like that's really good. Yeah, you can do that too. If listen you like. to it on the way to the movie. I'm still listening to the Lion King soundtrack. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Anything uh, else for today, everybody? I think that's it. I think that's it. Look forward to our spoiler review and in-depth review on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood next week. And yep. check out Dutch Melrose. And don't forget to use that Couch Guy code on uh, Drop the Ball. Yeah, what is it? It's Couch Guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See you later.